up, you guys, and welcome back to the Televised Podcast. My name is Anna, and today we're going to be talking all about Batwoman episode 120 and Supergirl episode 519. Both of these episodes acted as the season finales uh, for both of these shows, and obviously, you know, Supergirl worked better than uh, Batwoman, I feel like. Um, just in my opinion, just, I mean, as a season finale, and obviously, like, it's not really a fair comparison, considering, so they still had, like, you know, quite a bit of, um, airtime left, and a lot of, you know, things that they could have wrapped up and stuff, so it definitely, I mean, I'm intrigued to see, you know, what they're gonna do going forward, and actually, you know, this is, I mentioned on Twitter, I was like, oh, like, how would everybody feel about me sitting down talking about what to, what I expect or what I'm kind of expecting from uh, Supergirl season six and Batwoman season two? Uh, And a lot of people seemed really excited for that. So that will probably be my next episode after this one. Um, But yeah, I'm just, I'm really intrigued to see if plans change in terms of like Batwoman and what they're trying to do, um, you know, stuff like that. So I'm really intrigued, especially with Supergirl, considering that uh, they're not coming back until May of next year, which sucks so bad. Like, it really sucks so bad for a year without Supergirl. Um, Whereas Batwoman will be coming back in January of 2021. So, honestly, what's going to happen is, in terms of recaps, because this obviously will be my last, like, recap for a year, um, I'm, but I'm going to, I'm going to recap Batwoman, kind of like the episode that I did, um, two weeks ago where I just talked about Batwoman. Um, I'm gonna do that in January 2021 because I know by then I will (laughs) miss you all so much. Uh, Recapping, I mean. I I won't be totally gone, Uh, but I just, I won't be uh, doing my weekly recaps, you know, talking about the show, and I'm gonna miss it by then. So, that's what's gonna happen and then I'll pick up Supergirl presumably once Batwoman is over because or you know just like whenever it picks up mid-season I will then combine them again um just because I I I mean really I love I like talking about Supergirl more than I like talking about Batwoman I don't know why it's just because Supergirl's like my favorite thing ever um (laughs) so I'll probably once Supergirl comes back the episodes will go back to being combined um but uh I I will be doing the the solo Batwoman recaps um but anyway so on to Batwoman (laughs) so they kind of start the episode with and I'm not gonna go like super in deep but I have to make this joke they start the episode with this guy who is going up the stairs at the Harold Washington Library Chicago uh Transit Authority red line, or it's, um, brown, purple, green, pink, and blue, I think I'll stop there. (laughs) And I only know that because they were, well, I've been to that stop many times before. I go to school in Chicago, uh, if you did not know. Um, and they film parts of Batwoman in Chicago because, of course, Chicago is Gotham because it's a hellhole, but no, it's not. It's, (laughs) It's a good city. Um, 
but I just thought it was so funny. I, because this guy goes up these stairs that I've been up like a million times and he's got these two machetes and he steps onto uh, the CTA, you know, or, you know, what is supposed to be the Gotham Transit Authority, but it's, you know, the CTA. <laughs> and I'm like, this is just regular CTA stuff. Like, this is just what you see on the CTA. Like, that's just what you see. That's just what you see. Like, that's not even the weirdest thing I've seen on the CTA. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so the this guy, apparently he, like, was a football player and got beat up in the head so much that it destroyed the part of his brain that feels pain. So he's he's kind of like indestructible, honestly. I mean, he's not indestructible. Like obviously you can kill him and that's what Jacob Kane does to him at the end of the episode, but he very much, you know, uh like you can't stab him and he won't falter you know what I mean like it has to be a fatal blow to kill this guy which is so interesting um so we also find out during this episode that the crows have an app which is really interesting um because it's kind of like uh you know the crows are a little less exclusive it seems like Jacob is trying to be a hero now like he's trying to make the crows like the heroes of gotham like he's trying to dissuade people from pushing the um bat signal um but yeah so i don't know it's really interesting and also it's really funny they obviously we found out last episode that the bat suits only uh, vulnerability is kryptonite which is really interesting because now they will have three heroes on the cw who's <laughs> whose one weakness is a little green rock. <laughs> um, but it's it's funny to me, Luke was like, this is the only kryptonite left on the planet. And then on Supergirl, they're like, look at all this kryptonite, like last week. And then even this week, they, you know, obviously showed like, the, it was like gold bricks of <laughs> kryptonite. It was really funny. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just... There was some really good standout moments from this episode, but I think I was so dissatisfied with it as an ending that they're like, it, it, it kind of got like overshadowed in my mind where I was like, oh, come on, like this is, this is what you got. Like this is, which I know obviously, obviously like this is not their fault at all, you know, like it's not the fault of, of the story or whatever. But I also think that like most of the actors were like really hyping it up. They're like, whoa, it's such a good cliffhanger. Like, I mean, I don't know. I, it was okay. <laughs> I guess I just like hyped myself up enough that I was expecting like so much. And then it just was kind of like, oh, that's, that's it. Cool. Um, one thing that I was kind of shocked about was when um, Alice killed Mouse. I was really shocked about that. I I mean, I, I saw it coming, but at the same time, I was like, I was more upset about it than I was shocked because I don't know how Alice as a character is going to come back from that, you know? Because like Mouse was the only thing, well, I don't know. I was going to say that Mouse was the only thing that kept her connected to her humanity while she was locked away all of those years. But, I mean, not really. They kind of, like, you know, diluted themselves together. You know what I mean? Like, they they created, like, this other world together, like, to cope. 
Um, and I wonder if now that Cartwright and Mouse are dead, like if Alice can kind of move on from this trauma that she suffered for so many years, I don't, I don't know. And it's so hard because I just want her to be redeemed so badly. And I know that it's not coming, you know, for, <laughs> hopefully it is coming, but <laughs> probably not for a long time. Um, but I'm just really intrigued as to how they can bring Alice back from killing who was essentially, like, her brother. Like, she called him a brother always and all the time, and I just don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think that in the beginning of the season, I really wanted Alice to kill Mouse just because he was, like, so annoying, <laughs> and, but they kind of, like, flipped, you know? Alice was like, look, Mouse, in the beginning, she was like, look, you know, we can get my sister onto our side, and then we can all be a family. Problem solved. And then at the end of the season, it was really interesting because they flipped and Mouse was like, look, we can run off and be a family together. We don't have to do this anymore. You know, whereas in the beginning of the season, he was like, we just need to like get rid of Kate, you get rid of your family, and then we need to run, you know? So, and now uh, Alice wants to kill Kate. I don't know. I'm really intrigued to see, uh, you know, what happens if they change any of their original plans, you know, due to this shutdown and everything. Like, maybe they'll, you know, rework the last couple of episodes that they were supposed to do. I have no idea. Like I said, I'm gonna kind of try to do a whole episode about kind of what I, what I want to see, what I think we might see. Definitely look into... Um, comic storylines, especially for Sophia, that's really an interesting character that I'm, I'm excited about, that Julia finally told to Sophie, which I was really happy about. I really like Pennymore, and, and I'm so excited to see them together, because honestly, like, I mean, obviously, I want Kate and Sophie to end up together in the end, but like I said before, and I'll say it again, we never get gay love triangles, literally ever. Um, especially ones that, you know, you kind of are torn between the two. And, I mean, you know, yeah. So, we, we just, like, never get them. So, I want to see this love triangle kind of, like, fully realized. And I, I'm really excited just to see, you know, what, um, is gonna happen between the two of them. Because, uh, I don't know, I, I would like this romance to kind of go on for a while. Just because I like to see Kate be jealous and I'm just really intrigued by the feelings, and especially because I think that for Sophie, she needs someone different to be, like, her first out relationship. You know what I mean? It's kind of like the thing where, um, like, she can't end up with her first, you know, like, her first girlfriend that she ever had that she was in love with, um, you know, just yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, she's got to experiment some more and and figure herself out some more because I just yes she's accepting herself now and she's being fully honest with herself but I don't know if she's there yet you know so I think that having this relationship with Julia can teach her as a character so much and and we could probably just you know watch her grow over the course of of this relationship that she has with Julia I'm I don't know I'm really excited to see it I I don't know I, I, I'm excited to see what happens, um, but I really do enjoy their scenes together. I think um, Christina and Megan have such incredible chemistry, and I just, I loved it. So, 
so good. Um, another thing that I did want to mention was, of course, Mary Hamilton was another standout from this episode. I say that like every week, but I love her. <laughs> She's so good. And Nicole Kang does such an amazing job uh, portraying Mary. And it was really interesting to see her kind of like come full circle from the beginning of the season to now the end where, you know, in the beginning she was so, you know, you like she was the party girl who was so dependent on the crows and everything like that. And then to the end of the season for her to stand up to Jacob Kane and say, listen, you need to work with Batwoman because I don't think you're a hero. And if your own daughter doesn't think you're a hero, then, you know, what you know, what, you know, who else is going to think you're a hero? You know, like, if even I don't think you're a hero, then nobody else will. So, I thought that was really interesting. Um, it was such a good moment for Mary. God, it was, it was so good. It was so good. Um, uh, so the, the cliffhanger of the finale was that Alice turned, Alice turned Tommy into Bruce Wayne, which is really interesting. Um, I don't know. I just didn't think that we would see Bruce Wayne because this is the first time we've seen his face, right? Yeah, this is the first time we've seen Bruce Wayne's face, like, like CW Bruce Wayne. Like, this is the first time. And I guess I just... I don't know. I guess I thought that it would kind of be like a Supergirl situation where they at least wait until like season two to bring Bruce Wayne into this. Obviously, it's not Bruce Wayne, but you know, it's still, it's Bruce Wayne, you know, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a little skeptical about it and I, I don't know. I, I mean, I definitely would feel much better about it, obviously, if we had the last two episodes or two or three episodes of the season to kind of go off of. But just for right now, as a finale, as taking it as it is, I don't know how I feel about it. I I just didn't think it was that massive of like a cliffhanger where it was like, oh my god, Bruce Wayne. Because I was like, Bruce Wayne, like... Because I'm at the point, again, where it's like, this is Kate's show. You know, kind of like where with Kara, I was I was really hesitant to see Superman on her show because I was like, this is Kara's show. You know, we don't need her to be overshadowed on her own show. And I, I mean, I don't think that Bruce Wayne could overshadow Kate on her own show the same way that, you know, Superman really never overshadowed Kara while he was there. He was always good and, and it was... It was always a really fun time, but I don't know. I'm just surprised, I guess, to see um, see Bruce Wayne on the show. But, I mean, I guess since it's not the real Bruce Wayne, then I can cut them some slack. But I feel like, I don't know. I don't know. It's really interesting. And they kind of spoiled um, the, like, reveal in the synopsis. They're like, oh, an old hero comes back to Gotham. Like duh, it was Bruce Wayne. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Uh, So I guess I just wasn't that surprised. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm intrigued. I'm, I'm very intrigued to see where this goes. So anyway. Hey guys. Um, so this is me in recording and, or in editing. Um, and 
I just saw the news about Ruby Rose, which is so upsetting and just, I, I don't even know how to feel. Like, um, it feels like a cold bucket of water just got dumped on my head. <laughs> and then I had to go and sit in a Zoom meeting and pretend that I was okay, but that's fine. Um, I just wanted to say that that theories episode that I talked about, I will definitely have a lot more of my kind of guesses for how this is going to go down with the, you know, with the recast for Batwoman. Um, I can only hope that, you know, the show will continue uh, without her. Um, it, it seems from the reports right now that it was her decision and she quit. Um, but obviously we'll see. Maybe next week we'll have some more information. Who knows? Uh, but at this moment, I'm, I'm just really upset and I, I do hope that, you know, everyone in the cast knew and that they didn't have to find out via, you know, Variety or Twitter or something. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I hope the best for Ruby. I, you know, the best on her future endeavors, but it does suck. It sucks a lot because Batwoman was so good for this first season. Like it was a standout for the 2019-2020 TV season. So I don't know. I just hope that the show can continue on, that they can cast another butch lesbian for the role because that's really important to this character. Um, and maybe this time they can find someone who's Jewish. <laughs> it's a lot of boxes to check, but hopefully they can check them. Um, I don't know. We'll just have to see. I don't know. I don't know. I just am really sad about this, and I, I don't want to talk too much about it just because we don't really know anything, but <sighs> I don't know. I just, I wish that this wasn't happening, you know? Like, I wish this could be different, but it's not. So we're going to have to deal with it. Um, let me know kind of like your reactions and stuff. I'm really intrigued to see how you all feel. Like, will you keep watching Batwoman even though they're going to recast? Um, you know, it's going to be like a, a pretty good question to ask. Like, can we continue to support the show? But I think we should because they're telling the stories that really not many other shows are telling right now. I mean, think about the story with Sophie and her mom and her internalized homophobia and giving that story to a a lesbian woman of color, like a black lesbian, to get that kind of story and to get that kind of respect on television is not something that we see every day. And for Batwoman to have a gay showrunner and like just have so many good stories. All of the people of color on the show are treated so well, you know, like Mary's character, Luke's character. Like I mentioned already, Sophie, you know, it just, I just hope that the show can continue on and continue to be good. And I just hope the cast is okay and the crew are okay. Um, and I just, yeah, hope, hope the best for, um, for Ruby and, and everything. And I, I don't know. I'm intrigued to see where this goes, but I'm definitely going to be talking probably a lot about this in my upcoming theories kind of episode because this is going to be a huge question mark in the future for the show. So yeah. Anyway, back to the pod. 
On to Supergirl. Let's go, ladies. Uh, this episode was called Immortal Combat, and I really liked it. I really, really liked it. I think this episode had some really good moments. It had some really, yeah, just like some really solid moments that felt again, kind of very, like, season one to me. Like, there was a lot of, like, goofiness in this episode that I think was really refreshing because, you know, a lot of the season has been kind of, like, doom and gloom. So, it's been nice to, especially, like, and I mentioned this in my notes later, but Nia really brought so much light into this episode because she just, like, jokes and she's funny and and we need that. <laughs> and she would be such incredible, you know, like, comic relief if they used her on the show, which they need to. Oh my god. <sighs> so anyway, though, this episode, I don't, it was called Immortal Combat, um, and yeah, I'm, I'm really, uh, excited to talk about it. So here we go, Gemma brings Lex to the new Leviathan location, and upon setting foot on the ship, he actively starts choking and basically just dying. Like, it's some kind of, like, radiation force field thing, and, um, but Ramakan, he's like, I refuse to disable the shields, period. I don't care. As long as this guy, Lex Luthor, knows where our ship is, then he's gonna get choked. But Gemma's like, here, here's this little pin and it will protect you from the shields. Um, so now they're going to use the kryptonite to slaughter Supergirl. And we find, we see that there's not only Ramakan who can bend and is connected to the earth. There is another, there's two other unnamed people. <laughs> and they are connected to um, wind and fire, which... I was like, oh my god, earth, wind, and fire. So that's what I'm going to call them. And Nia makes a joke about it later. I was like, oh my god, we're on the same wavelength, girl. Like, <laughs> um, So they decide, these earth, wind, and fire, they decide they're going to go slaughter Supergirl. Like, right now. They're like, we gotta go. Like, we need to go and make sure she doesn't ruin our plans. See ya. Um, and so we pick back up with Kara and Lena from the end of the last episode, and it's so funny how I thought that, <laughs> I thought that Supergirl would, like, let them talk and, you know, all this stuff, but no, like, we pick up immediately after Lena is let into the apartment. She's like, thank you so much for letting me in, and Kara's just, like, really cold, still. Um, and she, she's basically like, I just want to focus on business, I, I need to focus on, we need to focus on stopping Leviathan. I don't want to talk about the past. I just, let's move forward and stop these people together. Like, that's what we need to focus on right now. Um, and so, Alex, Nia, Jean, and Magan bust into Kara's apartment, and they've got literally all of their weapons pointed at Lena, but Kara steps right in front of her and is like, whoa, 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 guys, to stop, stop. And Alex is like, but you texted 911. And Kara's like, but not about her. <laughs> and I love that, that, you know, Kara physically put herself in front of Lena because then it is, it is paralleled later in the episode. Um, and it's just so fun to see all these characters in one place. And God, I want Magan to be a regular next year. Get rid of Willie. We don't need him. He's super boring and stupid. 
let's have Megan. <laughs> like, let's have Megan. I think she's so wonderful. She's such a good character. And she's so, I just, she's just so good. Like, she, I just love her. And I want her to be on the show for, you know, the foreseeable future. I would love that. And I don't, I mean, I still, I mean, I understand why they sent her away in the first place, but I don't know why they would, like, I don't know what excuse they could come up with this time to send her away, you know? Like, she's like, yeah, they're solving those issues on Mars, like, I just came to help out. So I would, I would, I would love if they would make her a regular, you know, for, for season six. That'd be so good. Not that they need any more characters, because they don't, but if they could get rid of a few, um, then it would be wonderful. And I think she would make a really cool addition to the team. Um, but also one thing that I do want to mention, kind of, uh, piggybacking off of that is that this episode proved that they can utilize all of their characters. Maybe not necessarily to, you know, like the fullest extent of every single one of these characters because, you know, obviously Kelly's scenes kind of left a little bit to be desired. So, you know, same kind of with Magan and, and Jean wasn't in, a, in it a lot, but it's obviously because David Harewood was directing, so <laughs> he couldn't, you know, they try to give them a break when they're directing, um, you know, and not be in front of the camera as much. Uh, and and so I just think that this episode really did prove that they can utilize all of these characters at the same time. Because, you know, they had at one point Lena, Alex, Nia, Kelly, Magan, and Kara, and Eve all in one room together, you know, like working together. And it's like, then why don't you do that more often? And I hope, I hope that now that Kara and Lena is like, they're building their bridge, you know, they're, they're rebuilding their bridge and they're, you know, kind of coming back together. I hope that that means that, you know, there will be scenes like that at the tower, like Lena can come to the tower and they can all be together, you know, because it just, it sucks, you know, when, when it's like Nia is left out. But this episode showed that Nia doesn't have to be left out. Like she very well fits into the, the thing of heroes, you know? And Kelly, same thing, like, she helped Alex to hack into, like, everybody kind of got their little moment during this episode, and I don't know, I just, I think that this episode proved that they're just not doing stuff, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they're, they've got ample opportunity to include all of these characters, but they just don't, and it's ridiculous. Um, yeah, but anyway, so it's Jean and Megan, they decide to create a diversion because Ramakan can just like sense Kara wherever she is so they're like well what if we you know uh shape-shifted into you so they're like being goofy in the mirror it was such a funny moment I love when they when things like that happen because I love to see Melissa play Kara playing or excuse me play Kara as Jean or Jean as Kara and then also seeing her play Magan as Kara, that was just really fun. I love when they let her do that. Because um, they need to get Kara back to Lena's lab so that Lena can create her an anti-kryptonite suit because apparently Crisis erased the anti-kryptonite suit, which honestly makes sense because Lex obviously was in charge of rewriting most of history with Crisis, so obviously he would get rid of the suit his sister made to protect the Kryptonian, you know what I mean? Um... 
So yeah, and then Alex's suit is revealed, and it is so cool, but it is such a weird moment. Like, they had Kara scream like a banshee. <laughs> Uh, and then the reveal shot was a CGI version of the suit. It just was, and it was the back of Alex. It was just so weird. I don't know. That was just like written and directed in such a strange way. <laughs> and I wish that it wasn't like, and they never showed Kara and Alex in the same frame together. I don't know. It was just super weird. It was a weird moment, but it was really cute too. Like, Kara's reaction was weird, but everybody being there and kind of running to see what, what was happening was really cute, so. Yeah, um, so, so then they reveal that the villain, you know, Leviathan, that we've been following this whole entire season is not actually, like, they reveal that Game Nay is not actually the biggest bad. <laughs> Which is really stupid. Which is really stupid. Like, this is the thing that makes me the most mad about this Supergirl finale. Because it's like, well, wait a minute. Because the thing is, like, with Batwoman, they've been teasing about Sophia for a really long time. And the thing is about Sophia, too, is that, you know, uh, they had a couple more episodes to, like, do what they were gonna do with that character being the bigger, biggest bad or whatever, you know? But, but with Supergirl, this was literally supposed to be the second to last episode. Like, they were gonna be like, ha ha, gotcha. Like, I don't know. I hate, uh, I just like, I hate when they convolute shit like this. Like, they could have totally cut out all of that and kind of like made a better episode, in my opinion. Like, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, it could have, it just, like, could have been better if they'd just been like, you know what? Screw it. Game day is just gonna be Leviathan. Like, but of course it was not. So, I mean, who knows who is Leviathan? And like I said, I'm gonna make a theories episode about it, so I will theorize the house down then, but I was just mad. I'm like, oh, come on. Like, you're not even the top dog. Like, this leader of Leviathan is just her and she on the show, you know? Like, they've never even specified a name or anything. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. <sighs> and so then we see Lex and Brainy, and they're in the car, and Lex basically says that Brainy has to sit back and watch as Ramakan kills all of his friends. Um, but we see later that Brainy obviously has other plans. He is not about to let that happen. Um, so then the super friends are out being decoys, and they find out that there are two more element benders, uh, going after Supergirl. And Alex can make this, like, gigantic cannon from her alien weapon thing, which all of a sudden she has mastered. Um, while Nia and Jean are fighting, Nia has a vision of Brainy at the Leviathan lair, like, you know, at their, uh, poker table. Um, and then Jean gets hurt because Nia's like, because of course Nia has like the most unfortunate power kind of ever because, you know, she's on the battlefield and all of a sudden she's just going to fall asleep. Like, oh my God. <laughs> um, and so Jean is obviously like, Dreamer, what are you doing? And so she, he steps in front of her and gets blasted with kryptonite. Um, and so he gets hurt and they take him back to the tower. Um, and Magan and Alex also retreat. Um, 
this happens a couple of times in this episode that people just like retreat from earth wind and fire you know and it's it's interesting because it's like that that's interesting because you know a lot of the times like these supergirl villains like you know get knocked out in one go or whatever i i think it kind of shows how powerful that they are that they retreat so fast but also nothing really ever happens it's just like oh we're scared of them like let's go <laughs> i mean jean did get hurt so i understand that one but Anyway, so Kara and Lena get off the bus, and that scene lasted, like, literally all of two seconds, and it was so funny because we were all, like, losing our minds about these pictures of Kara and Lena getting off the bus, <laughs> but of course, like, it was nothing. Um, so now they're in Lena's lab at LuthorCorp, and the suit is uh, gonna take a while to materialize. She's, like, trying to get it together. Um, and, but Kelly calls Alex and tells her that Willie is missing, and Lena is shook to find that Eve is alive and also herself on this earth. Um, and Alex convinces Kara that she and Kelly, uh, will find William and save him, uh, cause Kara's like, listen, I've gotta go find him. I've gotta go save this dumbass cause he's so stupid. <laughs> and Alex is like, listen, you cannot go out there because... You don't have your anti-kryptonite suit. I'm not trying to see you die over this reporter. So, you're staying here. Kelly and I'll go see what we can find. Um, and then there's this there's this lingering look from Lena that is so I feel like it is so layered. Um, you know, uh, she looks it's like a it's like a close-up of Lena and at first it's focused on Kara and Alex and then they like rack focus to Lena and she looks just so devastated and I feel like it just has so many layers like it you know obviously one of the main layers being that she does not have that kind of relationship with her brother you know that she kind of thought she was building and same you know another layer is like well she doesn't have that relationship with Kara either you know, that she sacrificed and lost and gave up. And another thing that I think is that she's in love with Kara. <laughs> like, Lena looked at Kara so longingly this whole entire episode. Like, you cannot tell me that Katie isn't playing the hell out of Lena in love. Like, it is ridiculous. <laughs> and that was just, like, one of those moments where I was like, wait a damn minute. Like, this just feels romantic. This feels like longing, you know, but, you know, think what you want. Uh, <laughs> um, so Gemma is mad mad that Supergirl didn't perish in this fight, and so is this unknown big boss lady. So Andrea, Lex, and uh, Gemma announced the Unity Festival, and they're like, all right, guys, everybody hop into VR, <laughs> which is so stupid because people are, like, at work, and they're like, okay, or they're, you know, like, walking. Like, why would you get into VR while you're out walking? I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> um, uh, so then we're, bra we're back with Brainy, and he meets up with a uh, female Brainy, with Megan Rath, I guess I could call her, because, I mean... Did she have a name, female Brainy? Like, did, did she have a name? I don't know. <laughs> so they're at Al's dive bar, and he says, he's she's like, listen, I know I gave you this mission, and I know I told you what to do, but you don't have to let your friends die. Like, that's not, that's not what has to happen right now. And he's like, oh, I don't plan on it. 
I plan on reclaiming the act of putting people into tiny planets and using it for good to trap the gods into this, into stasis, you know? And I think that's such a cool moment for Brainy to be like, you know, I'm going to reclaim this technology to and this and this practice that was so frowned upon and so you know evil and 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 just you know i mean you know it would just it wasn't good <laughs> and i'm going to save the world with it i loved that you know it's kind of like same thing with win like they let him reclaim toy man and like you know, stuff like that. So I, I don't know. I have this kind of idea for the finale where Kara and Lena would reclaim Myriad to like save everybody. Um, but obviously like now that Leviathan is dead, like the person that they're after is Lex. So I don't know. We'll see. I think that'd be really cool though. Cause it obviously is like a, a sore spot for the two of them. And, you know, Kara would be reclaiming, like, the season's, like, obviously some kind of underlying theme here is, like, reclaiming the things that were evil or done, you know, in the name of, of bad, um, bad vibes and, and making them good. And so that'd be really interesting to me. I just kind of thought of that on the fly. (laughs) Um, but Female Brainy puts out that, he'll die if he does this. If he goes into that ship and uploads them into this tiny planet bottle, he'll die. That's it. He'll die. And he's like, I know. And he basically says that his friends and this planet are worth are worth dying for. And that he simply called for her so that he wouldn't have to die alone, which is so sad. Like, Brainy, like, Jesse's performance as Brainy for these past, like, three episodes has been so good because he's just so upset and he's permanently on the verge of tears. Like, he's always got tears in his eyes. And the, like, resignation on his face when he said that he just simply didn't want to die alone, like, it literally made me cry. Like, this morning I was re-watching this episode and I literally shed a tear over that moment because Jesse is just so talented and and Brainy is one of my favorite characters on the whole show and if if he doesn't if he doesn't make it I'm I'm gonna riot like <laughs> I'm gonna riot I oh my god um so then Alex is some kind of trapeze artist she like sneaks down into um the obsidian database or whatever and Kelly gets to make a joke she gets to have a personality. She gets to make a joke. She says, quote, did someone call for tech support? Like, it's a very, like, Felicity kind of joke, you know? And I think that'd be really cool if Kelly could hang out in the tower and be tech support sometimes. That'd be really fun. Um, and so then Alex takes down her hood and <laughs> Kelly has never been more down to pound in her life. Like, they were, <laughs> like, they were, like, they were H-word on main, like, (laughs) like, the two of them, like, if they were not, if there were not more pressing matters at hand, Kelly would have gotten what she wanted. (laughs) And that was so fun to see because, you know, a lot of the time, especially on, on Supergirl, like, especially compared to, like, Batwoman, you know, all of, uh, all of Kelly and Alex's kisses have always been, like, super, you know, super vanilla all clothes on you know it like there was that one time that Maggie and Alex were making out and they both had tank tops on and they were in bed and I think that's the most like 
scandalous the show has ever gone. (laughs) And I don't know, I just, like, Batwoman obviously goes, you know, so much further with them. And, I mean, they don't necessarily have to go that far, because obviously it could be an issue of, like, actors being comfortable, things like that. Like, it doesn't have to be like that. But this was nice and refreshing to see, because it was like, oh, they're not just you know, like, oh, innocent, you know, like, whatever, like, you know, they're, they are attracted to each other, (laughs) which is something that we really don't see on the show a whole lot. They just talk a lot, which is really healthy and really nice, but also, you know, they're down to pound. Um, and she says, my girlfriend is a badass, and I just love the casual working together of this episode. Like, they're off in pairs, Kelly and Alex, you know, Nia and, and Magan get to pair off together at one point. Um, Brainy and, and female Brainy, they get to pair off together. Car and Lena are paired off together. You know, like, they, it's, it's the classic idea of, that works so well, where you have an episode where all of your characters are working together, but you pair them off in twos to obviously make it, like, easy, and then you get interaction. It's how Legends of Tomorrow works. You know, like, they obviously are working as a whole team, and they have a lot of scenes where it's all of them together, but they pair them off in twos to make it, you know, obviously, like, people get enough screen time, and people get enough lines, and and to push the story forward, because they're all doing something different. So, I hope that Supergirl kind of realizes that that pairing off, it worked. It worked really well, especially because they're seeming more like an ensemble show than anything right now, with how many characters they have, so... Hopefully they realized that that really, really worked. Because it did. It worked really well. Um, And so uh, Kelly is like, oh, shoot. Eve's location is encrypted. So Alex is like, okay, well, we better call Lena. And so that's another thing, too, is, like, I love that Lena was kind of, like, easily incorporated into the team. And I would love to see that. I want to see her in the tower on comms, you know, like, with Kara and with Alex and stuff so that they can all work together because, obviously, she's a world-saving genius. Like, why not utilize her and and make her part of the team? So, Kara and Lena finally get to talk things out. Uh, Lena says that the two of them tracking Lex right now through Eve is just like Kaznia, which, again, if you've watched my Supercorp episode, it's one of my favorite episodes for Supercorp. So, the fact that they brought that up made me really giddy. Um... And, and it's such a moment of desperation from Lena in the, in the tense silence of the room. And you can see that she just kind of, like, wants to get back to normal. She's like, I just, I realized my mistake. Like, I just want my friend back. Like, I just want us to go back to Kara and Lena. And I want to bring up the good times that we had. Like, you know, she, she didn't bring up any of the negative things that happened in Kaznia. Because obviously, you know, Kara was very deceptive in Kaznia. And... Obviously, Lena has bad memories of things associated with Kaznia, but she brought it up anyway because she was like, you know what, let's, like, find common ground here. And, but it doesn't work. She's like, Kara's like, listen, I told you I don't want to talk about the past. And Lena's like, look, you can scream at me if you want. I know I deserve it, which was so heartbreaking, you know, because we just talked about last week how, you know, Lena is an abuse victim and Lex just screamed in her face last week. And that was really upsetting, you know? So, I don't know. I don't know. That was really upsetting to me, to hear her say that line. 
Um, but then, so Kara finally snaps, and, and she doesn't really scream at Lena, but she just kind of, like, raises her voice because she's so frustrated. She talks about all the stuff that I mentioned last week, you know, about the stealing, the manipulation, the kryptonite, everything. Um, Kara says that she made, quote, one mistake, which is definitely downplaying it a lot. Um, <laughs> but, you know, um... And you can tell that Kara is just, she's still ice cold in this moment because she's just still trying to protect herself. Um, because the last time that Lena, you know, offered an olive branch, it, you know, it ended up in the stealing, the manipulation, the kryptonite, the lying, all of that. And so Kara is still very hesitant. You know, she can't bring herself to trust Lena just yet, just to get let down, you know? And, um,. So, because she's just kind of, like, waiting for the moment where Lena hugs her and then just, like, stabs her in the back, you know? You know what I mean? Uh, so, she says, protecting people is what I do. You should know that by now, when she decides that she's gonna go save Willie, even though her suit is not done. Um, and then Lena says that I'm going with you, which is such a protective wife moment. I loved it! Um, so now we're with Willie and Eve, and she shoots him, just, like, she just shoots him. And I wish she had better aim. Like, she does not aim for the heart, which is, was really upsetting. No, I'm just kidding. We don't need any more people of color to die on Supergirl. <laughs> but I'm just so sick of him, and he's so stupid. Like, everything he says in this episode is stupid. He's like, yeah, haha, when you get kidnapped, that means you're doing something right. Like, shut up. You're so stupid. Shut up. Um, but so Lena uses the portal watch while Kara flies in and it's just like superhero girlfriends. Like this is like so cool to watch them work in tandem because we never, I mean, you know, every interaction where Kara was working with Supergirl, or excuse me, when uh, Lena was working with Supergirl, it was always tainted, obviously, by the secret and by the rift between them and stuff. So it's really cool to see them work together you know, everything's on the table. It was really cool. Um, so William has his whole titties out. The, he's tits out. <laughs> and Kara shoots her heat vision to cauterize his wound. And somebody pointed out on Twitter that it's exactly how Lena died in the 100th episode from Rain's heat vision. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. If you can cauterize a wound with your heat vision, but also kill someone, like, do you have control over it? Like, I just feel like that was a moment where I was like, okay, okay, I see the double standard. Because, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was ridiculous. Because I'm like, dude, you can't have it kill somebody and then save somebody else. You know what I mean? Like, oh, come on. <laughs> um, we love inconsistencies. But William says that he needs to tell Kara. He's like, oh my god, Kara Danvers. And, uh and make sh he needs to make sure she's okay, and, and Lena protects Kara's identity. And it's really cool because then this whole scene becomes about the shared connection and understanding, you know, of Kara and Lena and, and the, the lengths that Lena would go to protect Kara's identity and all that kind of stuff. It becomes about that instead of William's titties being out. <laughs> um, so Earth, Wind, and Fire show up, and Kara decides to fight. Lena literally says, are you mad? They've got kryptonite. And Kara tells her to get that suit here, stat. So the suit comes like a little drone and Kara cheeses big time when she realizes that Lena, like, you know, came through for her. 
because I think this is the moment where Kara knows, you know, for sure that Lena is on her side and that she's got Lena's back. You know, Lena could have, because this could, this whole thing could have been a diversion, you know, created by Lena and Lex if she was being in, you know, if she was being, you know, uh, uh, deceptive, if she was still working with Lex, this could have been a whole thing to lure Kara in a vulnerable position out to where Rama and the rest of them could kill her and, you know, just leave her for dead and then take Eve and William and then Leviathan can go deal with William. You know, that kind of, like, that could have been what happened had Lena still been working with Lex, but she wasn't. And Kara, you know, realized that. And so, uh, Nia, Magan, and Kara fight them all together, um, and Nia has a brief vision of Brainy that, uh, but then they all just flee again, because <laughs> Kara, like, does her super clap, and they kind of turn into dust, but then they come back from dust, and it's kind of scary. <laughs> so that one, I also understand why they flee, but at the same time, it's like, oh my god. <laughs> Um, so now we're back with Brainy, and he's breaking into Leviathan's lair, and he's so close to getting onto the ship when Earth, Wind, and Fire showed up. Um, because obviously, you know, they're like, we need to recharge or whatever, because, you know, Supergirl super clapped them to super dust. <laughs> um, so then we cut to all the Supergirl women in one room, which was like a holy shit moment for me, because it's like, this is exactly what we need on the show. Put all your female characters together. Stop separating them by stupid stuff and men. <laughs> so Kara goes to talk to Eve, who says that she was just trying to protect her mom, and, and Kara promises to protect her mom if she tells her what's going on. So Eve blabs everything. She's like, Unity Festival, everybody's gonna die. Uh, Gemma Cooper is game nay. Like, you know, all of the stuff. She is snitching hardcore. <laughs> and... But it is, it's, there's, you know, obviously this moment of dramatic irony with them, which is obviously something that hopefully they come back to, where Eve obviously is the one responsible for killing Jeremiah. And, you know, she's talking to Supergirl and Supergirl says, I'm going to protect your mom, you know, with everything that I have, I, I will protect your mom. And Kara has no idea that she's talking to the woman who killed her adoptive dad. Like, she has no idea. And it, and it makes the scene even that much more, you know, kind of, like, bittersweet. Because it shows how much of a hero Kara is, obviously, always caring. Because she believes that, you know, Eve is just kind of, like, a little crony for Leviathan. And, and you know, was uh, manipulated and, and everything. And has done horrible things, obviously. But Kara can look past it and just, you know, help her in the moment. But at the same time, like, she has no idea that this woman killed her dad. And Alex's dad, you know, like, it's such, it was a really good moment. I liked it. It was, it was good. So then we get a scene with Magan and Nia, and I love this moment too. And we find out that Jean is a gossip and basically spilled all of the Brainia tea to Magan during their intergalactic phone calls. Um, and, uh, but Nia says, quote, turns out the one thing I couldn't protect him from was himself. Uh, which is really sad. You know, she's obviously talking about Brainy, about how much she, you know, kind of obviously misses him and and how much she really doesn't know who he is anymore and, and just wants to know what he's up to. And McGon basically says, look, I know you want to get Brainy out of your dreams, but you have to pay attention to them. You can't ignore your dreams because obviously they mean something. 
And and it's true, obviously. We know that as audience, but, you know, Magan and Nia really don't. So another instance of fun, dramatic irony. <laughs> um, so they're all trying to figure out what to do. And Nia basically says, look, it's hope speech time. And Kara's like, I don't know, man, that's going to be really tough. Like, the last time I did this on such a grand scale was National City, you know, just National City. <laughs> um because did she make one at the end of season four? I don't think she did. I don't think she made a hope speech at the end of season four. I guess she did. I don't know. But either way, she's like, I've never done this for billions of people. Like, I've just done it for the people who live in National City. <laughs> or like, just America. You know, think smaller scale. Uh, but Car and Lena, at the exact same time, they say, well, if anyone can do it, it's you. And the thing is that Lena says this with so much love in her eyes and just so much reverence in her voice. Like when you watch the clip and you listen closely to the way that Katie McGraw says, well, if anyone can do it, then it's you. Like it is just, it's so irreverent, you know, like it's so uh, like mystified, you know, because she's just so in awe of Kara. And I just think that this is Lena realizing that she's in love with Kara. That's just, I just see it. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Am I crazy? Like, I just feel like Lena gave Kara these hard eyes the whole time and it just felt like Katie was playing Lena in love. Because you can even hear the difference between how Alex says it and how Lena says it, which I think, you know, because, I mean, maybe some people would think, oh, well, that was just showing that they're both, you know, I mean, obviously they're both the two most important people in Kara's live life, but people could be like, oh, well, it's because they're both, like, Kara's sister, but you can listen to the difference between how they say it, and, and Alex doesn't even look at Kara when she says it, versus Lena looking Kara dead in the eye, and then, but after this, so Alex, um, says the softest jinx in the world, which is so cute, you know, obviously shows that she's warming up to Lena as well, um, and then Jean, <laughs> So, well, they decide, okay, we need a, a, a little bit of a distraction to distract Ramakan so that Kara can go into VR and try to fix this mess. So, Jean, basically in his mind, calls Ramakan a million and a half names, is just so mean, <laughs> and he draws them out for a good old-fashioned scuffle while Kara goes to give her speech in VR. Um, meanwhile, Brainy is able to sneak into the ship while they're gone, and he's, you know, torturing himself in the name of his friends. He's classic green brainy, you know, like his uh, image inducer kind of breaks as soon as he steps in the door. And and he starts to upload Leviathan to the tiny planet thing. So Kara goes into VR through a back door Kelly opened and sees billions of people wrapped around the earth and Lena's like look I believe in you no matter how many people there are I I believe in you and uh on the flip side Alex Jean Magan and Nia are just chilling they're chilling Nia's literally leaning against a car and she's like just lounging and laughing and saying that Jean should have been meaner because Ramakan hasn't shown up yet um and it's such a funny and lighthearted moment and like I was saying you know it shows that Nia can bring a much-needed lightness to the show since they want the show, for some reason, to be so, dim, you know, dim and dark. You know, Nia brightens up these scenes and she just has such good... Nicole has such good comedic timing and just the way that she says things. It's just so funny. 
because obviously, I mean, she's such a funny person in general. Um, so yeah, I just, it's so good. And it shows how much light Nia brings to the show when they let her be in it. Like, please let her be in it. Oh my God. So Lex and Gemma are fighting now because she wants to just press the switch and kill the people who are in there right now. But Lex points out that Supergirl's physical body is vulnerable. So she acts she activates Andrea as a Krata, saying she'll kill her dad if she doesn't kill Supergirl using her shadow powers and, you know, a, a, a big rock of kryptonite. <laughs> but it is really funny that Andrea doesn't even bat an eyelash at the fact that Game Nay is standing in her office in, like, a superhero getup. Like, <laughs> like, come on, that is not casual work day. Like, a, a apparel. It's just really funny. And also, she gives Andrea just, like, a shard of rock. Like, they couldn't even give her a kryptonite dagger. They were like, here, just, like, make this dull piece of kryptonite work for you. <laughs> They were like, just stab, just stab her and figure it out. Like, <laughs> figure it out. Um, so Kara is trying to reach the people in the Uni Unity Festival, but they all see something else. Like, they all see their loved ones and their happy places. And Kara honestly feels hopeless. And then Lena duplicates Kara so that she can speak to every single person face to face at once. It is Lena's <laughs> dream. <laughs> It is Lena's dream. There are billions of Supergirl. <laughs> so meanwhile, Alex and Nia are team gay as hell, and they're so awesome together during this fight. You know, Alex using her alien weapon, and, and Nia using her dream powers, which always looks so cool. Um, and John and Megan are team only hets. <laughs> the only hets that matter, and they're such a cool team as well. It's such a fun fight sequence, and it's just really epic. Like, it was a really epic fight sequence to see all of them fighting together. Because it's something that we haven't seen in a long time, you know, to see everybody come together and fight together, you know? Um, so we're back at Lena's lab, and Akrata shows up from the shadows in her super suit, which I think, what, this is like the second or third time we've seen her in the super suit? Um, and she's here to kill Supergirl. Like, she's like, let's go. So, during this scene, um, they have an intercut between Lena talking Andrea down from killing Kara and then Kara convincing everyone to leave VR. They're both talking about each other, basically, in, and what they've learned about pain and being human and hope and forgiveness, and it is so good and it is so endgame. Like, literally, one of my friends who is not, like, she is not a Supercorp. She hasn't watched the show since season two or three. She DM'd me and she was like, okay, I'll give you guys this one. Like, this is romantic. I'm like, yes, it is. Like, it solidified them not only as the two, like, most important characters on the show don't come don't come for me um but just also as like having the same morals and the same goals and the same ideas and and that's like classic writing 101 when when you have a character talk about something but you know that they're talking about something else like you know uh, what is it called like allegory you know kind of thing um and so, like, this, you know, Kara was like, listen, pain is a part of everything, and I try to protect myself from it, but I can't, and, and that's the same thing, you know, like, with Lena, she, you know, it's, it was so good, I just, oh my god, it's so endgame, 
Um, but they also intercut to Brainy during this time, who's really struggling, and they have this moment where all of them say, I believe in you, at different points, obviously to different people, and it is so good. So then, um, no one is using Obsidian, and Leviathan just disappears from the fight, and Brainy did it. He bottled the gods, and he also fries Gamene, um... And, but now Brainy is laying on the ground dying, and he's with female Brainy in his mind, but Lex barges into the ship. And Lex, which, okay, this was so annoying as well. Lex is like, uh, well, how could you do this? You know, whatever. But then he's like, but I knew that you would do this. Like, I hate that they make him, like, all-knowing. Like, there's no way that he would know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's no way. But... I guess, like, literally the only hint is that when Gamene is, like, frying on Andrea's desk, he's, like, the Kaluan. So, obviously, like, he knows what Brainy is and he knows the history of his people, presumably. But it's, like, come on. Come on. Oh, my God. Um, so, so, he's, like, listen, I knew you would do this. And, and he says, quote, I just didn't think you would kill yourself, which is, like, rough. Like, that's the most... Like, that's probably, like, the roughest language that we've ever heard on Supergirl. Obviously, besides, like, um, the transphobia from, from Nia's episode or, you know, some other things like that. Some of, like, things that, uh, Agents of Liberty said, you know, obviously those were really rough. But that was, like, I'm surprised that they even said that on Supergirl, you know? Like, I just didn't think that you would kill yourself. Like, oh my god, that was, I was like, holy shit. Lex means business. <laughs> um, and Nia sees Brainy collapse in a dream and and she's like, okay, we gotta go save him right now. And then that's the cliffhanger. Like, he's... We don't know if Nia saves him. Which, if she doesn't, then I'm gonna fight. I'm gonna meet Dreamer out back and we're gonna fight. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, for real though. I am gonna be so upset if brainy dies like for real like if if he doesn't you know if they can't save him i'm gonna be really upset and honestly i think that was a really interesting cliffhanger i was like damn oh my god like you know we're gonna be left hanging for a year not knowing if brainy survives or not which is is really interesting so um alina and Kara. then they have a great moment where lena says that she she did get hurt, even though you didn't mean to hurt me, you did, and I, I built a wall, and I suffocated myself behind it, but I do see from your perspective now, and Kara says, listen, I didn't want to let you in, and, and I still believe that you were kind of tricking me, um, and they say that there's still one bad guy left to catch, and they're gonna take down Lex together, and all we got was a handshake, which was ridiculous, but honestly, considering the fact that there's one more episode left. I feel like there was either a big, you know, Supercorp hug in episode 20 or a kiss. <laughs> hey, ladies. Um, <laughs> uh, that's wishful thinking. But I do think it was kind of ridiculous that after all of that, all we got was a kiss. Uh, all we got was a kiss. I wish we'd gotten a kiss. No, all we got was a handshake. <laughs> but um, one thing that I did want to talk about was a lot of people are like, listen, Kara rolled back on what she said because in the in the premiere and you can hear me talk about this if you go back to my um, Supergirl premiere recap episode Kara says in the premiere when she's you know revealing that she's Supergirl to Lena 
she's like, look, I did this. I convinced myself that I did this because I wanted to protect you, but really I just wanted you to see me as Cara Danvers and I was selfish and I was, you know, all of this. And obviously, you know, in this episode, Cara and Lena are fighting and Cara's like, look, I did this because I wanted to protect you. That's all, you know. So people are like, why did she roll back on that? And I, listen, I'm not going to jump through as many hoops or whatever today, but I'm just going to put this out there and let y'all think about it because I don't know, it makes a bit of sense (laughs) to me at least. I don't think it absolutely forgives it because I'm still kind of mad about that, uh, you know, the way that they treated that moment and that line and stuff. I'm obviously not very happy with what happened, um... Or, you know, like, with the them kind of rolling back on that moment. But we all remember the 100th episode. And in the 100th episode, you know, any other reality and any other time that Kara tried to, uh, to tell Lena that she was Supergirl, she died. And I think that that traumatized Kara a bit more than she really thinks. And maybe that's really the only image that she just, like, she can't get it out of her head. You know what I mean? Like, like, she's like, look, I was doing this to protect you. Because she saw all the other realities where she told Lena and Lena died in every single one of them. Or, you know, the one where they never met where, you know, she, you know, was, um turned into metallo like she's like listen i did this to protect you because she has greater knowledge that lena does not um which is really interesting so i don't know i think it 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 makes a little bit more sense when you take that into consideration but it still you know obviously feels like well what the hell you know like you rolled back on this so i understand why people are mad about that for sure also we see the funniest thing i might have ever seen on supergirl um, so Game Nay's human form basically explodes, and it's literally so funny. The CGI for this, like, alien looks like Cynthia the doll from Rugrats. <laughs> like, her hair is crazy, like... <laughs> it's just so funny, like, oh my god. It's just so funny. Oh my god, it's just so funny. And... <laughs> I just can't take it. Oh my god. It was, I was like, oh my god, what is that? <laughs> um, so then in the final moments of the season, Lex brings his gods in a bottle to the place from season four where, you know, he had those like chambers and he was going to suck the life out of the aliens or whatever, you know, like Rara came out of one of them. Um, <laughs> and uh, Lillian is there. And I feel, I mean, people have said, what if Lillian is the leader of Leviathan? And it's like, well, that would be cool, because I've said it before, I'll say it again. They have not utilized Lillian Luther to her full extent since season two. Like, they just haven't. They stopped halfway through season two and just never picked her up again to the fullest of her extent. So that would be really cool. Um, But like I said, I really kind of want to save theories for that other theories episode that I want to do. So... That is it for me today, guys. I Let me know if you think I'm crazy. Let me know if you think Supercorp is in-game. I think it is. I don't know. I'm ready. And I mean, honestly, though, this is genuinely something to think about. Like, the more noise we make during this hiatus that we have, the better chances we have uh, at getting what we want. 
Honestly. Truly and honestly, that's what I believe. And, you know, last night, or uh, Sunday night, there was a Twitter moment created that said, like, fans are so excited about Cara and Lena's relationship on Supergirl. Like, that is good, you know? And, like, people wrote articles about Supercorp being, like, the thing that people took away from the finale and stuff like that. So, honestly, just, like, as much noise as we can make about Supercorp and about what we want on Supergirl, I feel like that's what we need to do during this time. Like, you know, maybe start spreading the petition around again. Like, mail it to the CW. Like, mail the petition to the CW you know, mail the petition to, you know, Queller and whatever, all of the offices that they work in and stuff, because they obviously have to come back at some point. Um, You know, so email people, email the CW producers, email CW production offices, stuff like that. It works. It does. And I feel like this is our best chance at really making our voices heard during this extended break, especially because we have so much momentum right now. You know what I mean? Like, we have so many articles that talk about how Car and Lena, you know, they should go all the way with Supercorp, and I feel like they should, and and we all obviously feel that way, and except for that one person who always comments on my YouTube videos and obviously does not agree with the word I say. I know you don't agree, but most of us agree. <laughs> but anyway, I, I do hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I really enjoyed the two episodes, um, but like I said, I will be back with some theories uh, next week. I don't know if it'll be Wednesday or Saturday. I used to do like my special episodes on Saturday. We'll see. Maybe I'll just keep it at Wednesday. I think I will probably just to give my week some structure. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I hope you guys enjoyed. Let me know. Follow me um, on Twitter at TelevisedPod. Let me know what you think. Uh, leave me a comment below. Let me know, you know, if you have any theories, because I might include yours in the episode if I think they're really cool. I'll definitely credit you, you know, everything. Um, and yeah, you can, you know, like, subscribe, follow, rate, share, all of that stuff. And I will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.